I'm Lauren Maxwell, and this is We're All Friends Here. Welcome to Let's Talk, a series of conversations about life's biggest questions. Today, I'm excited to introduce you to my dear friend and colleague in the yoga world, Christy Kokami. Christy is a yoga specialist in alignment, back care, and scoliosis. Based out of New York City, she joins us from her former home in Hawaii, where she's taking advantage of this time to play and share in the online world of yoga and healthy bites, meditate with Buddhist monks, and most importantly, hang out with her grandmother, who's her favorite human. Connect with her on Instagram and YouTube to learn more. Hi, Christy. Thank you so much for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so happy to get to talk to you and spend some time with you. Um, same here. I'm so happy to be with you. And, um, you know, we're living through such a chaotic time. I just want to start by asking you how you're feeling right now today. You know, I think there's been an ongoing feeling since, you know, a little bit before the pandemic started of this like sort of underlying anxiety um, that has definitely been like kicked up. Since, you know, we're basically living in a very uncomfortable and anxiety provoking time, you know, with the mm-hmm. pandemic that's happening globally, and then the things that are happening within our own country in terms of having to, you know, reform and shift. So mm-hmm. it's okay, though, like having the anxiety is good, because it helps you get clarity on, you know, what you want to enact and how can you work with that? You know, it's not mm-hmm. about pressing it. It's not about pushing it away. It's, you know, just really understanding where it comes from and being able to move in a direction that will be able to serve yourself yeah. and in turn serve everybody. So mm, I love that. Thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. And I like what you said about learning how to work with that reality. It's kind of like being in relationship with it rather than, as you said, running in the other direction. Oh, yeah. Because that's when things get really weird and not in a good way. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I think we've all been there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so tell all of us how this pandemic to start has affected your life, your livelihood, your day-to-day, those things. In terms of my livelihood, um, as you know, I'm a yoga instructor. So I have basically shifted everything to online platforms. I started doing some things on YouTube, Patreon, and um, also I'm doing live classes online. So it's been an interesting shift in terms of the way that I'm working because I noticed, you know, a lot of my work since like we do back care and scoliosis work, it's translatable and useful to a very large audience. And because it's now available online, I can reach a lot of people already within my network who I normally wouldn't be able to go and, you know, serve. Right. So like I noticed a lot of my back care classes, I was actually initially seeing a lot of people within my New York network. And then it slowly started to shift to people that were from my Hawaii network, from my Colorado mm-hmm. network, from my California network. Like, so it's mm-hmm. been really nice. Like people around the globe have back issues. 
right? Mm-hmm. And back pain, that's something very common, especially mm-hmm. with the way that we live now. So it's been nice. It's kind of like been able to help me expand out and be able to like get back into contact with a lot of people I normally wouldn't have been able to see, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's a refreshing way to look at it. Um, by living through this experience, have you, you know, maybe when it comes to work or maybe on a different level, I don't know, but have you run into any particular challenges or struggles along the way or fears even? Oh, definitely. Um, you know, with the pandemic and what's been said about the Asian community, it's, um, it's Mm. been very interesting kind of seeing how that has affected how I'm interacting with people. Right. Um, it made me more aware since I grew up in Hawaii where, you know, basically as an Asian person, I am part of the majority. I was very fortunate to experience that, but, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing people, in the mainland US who are Asian, who have been, you know, attacked and whatnot, that's been something that's been very eye-opening for me. And I've been very lucky to have like a network that's been very vocal about it. Mm. You know, um, you know, really terrible things where people are being just like attacked out of nowhere. And some of these yeah. people are like old people who are, you know, you you just oh, don't yeah. punch old people, you know what I'm saying? Like, so from that area, that's been very awakening and then it's also been very eye-opening to kind of see like what's been coming up in my own like view of that right like what to really examine it and lean into it and be like what would make somebody like so angry that they would decide to attack somebody like what what is that Mm -hmm. gap to really be able to understand like how does this happen and how do you prevent that from happening Mm -hmm. that sort of misunderstanding and that sort of like level of hatred or you know whatever it is so Mm -hmm. it's been a very interesting practice yeah when you work on that and sort of try to understand where they're coming from how does it help you or where does it guide you how does it help me and how does it guide me you know I think it helps soften me so I don't become so upset Mm -hmm about how that sort of, you know, how that would happen, you know, how, like, how did we let this happen? It's also kind of helps me empathize with, you know, other groups and see what my role within that has been, you know, because as I was like, kind of thinking about like, during one of my meditations, I was thinking, you know, like, this is something that we're seeing a resurgence of. It's something within the Asian community. It's something that has happened like many times before. Mm -hmm. Um, so it was interesting kind of looking like culturally, like why has this kind of been okay? Right. There's the whole idea of this like model minority and Mm -hmm. culturally, what have we done that has, you know, kind of helped that happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Like as an Asian person, like it's a lot about having to like not show your suffering, not burdening Mm. others with your pain and just really like pushing on and going forth. And, you know, that might've worked for our ancestors. It might've worked for like uh, getting us through. 
at the end of the day. But, you know, it's been a lot of having to look at like what really serves us because now, you know, we live in a different time and we always have lived in a different time progressively. So I think it's been really cool seeing like people kind of wake up and seeing myself kind of wake up in terms of like, okay, culturally, this is where I come from. And what about that is serving me? What about that is not? And what do I want to perpetuate? And how can Mm -hmm. I support other groups too? Because Mm -hmm. in, at the end of the day, we're all the same. Yes. Yes. And I think it's so powerful what you're saying and really beautiful the way you're allowing your personal experience, um, to then trickle out to compassion and support for other groups because in a lot of ways that feels like the theme of this year because in terms of the pandemic take racial justice out of the equation just for a moment the pandemic's shows our interconnectedness and how you know one person's health or lack of health affects the people in their vicinity. And I love how that's kind of being mirrored in your thoughts around racial justice. Like your experience influences the way you think and react to another group's experience. Oh, definitely. Um, thanks. <laughs> yeah, I know it's, it's really powerful. And um, it seems like this year is just setting us up for a lot of kind of big realizations like that. Um, and yeah, oh, that yeah. kind of lead, you know, um, A lot of interconnectivity and a lot of, um, you know, just coming together, I think is what's been like the big theme. Like, it's really interesting, like with the pandemic, like you, everybody's like given a choice, right? To like, look at how they want to interact. You can listen to like your own ego, right? Mm -hmm. And you can really zoom into like your wants and needs in terms of like, oh, like I want to go back to work so I can make money and feed my family. And that's like totally legit. Right. But when it starts like infringing on other people's like rights, right. Like when you're unable to zoom out enough where you're like, okay, well maybe now might not be the time for that. Like, yes, it might not be safe for other people because even if I'm not the one who's going to be sick, like Mm -hmm. I might carry it and get other people sick who might have a grandmother, you know, if they don't get sick they might have like a grandmother or grandfather who, might be in that situation where they would get sick so Mm -hmm. it's like kind of interesting seeing how people are choosing like how they want to enact and how much they can widen their scope for other people and it's like it's tough Mm -hmm. you know yeah right it's hard because there there might not I don't know if there are right answers to these things it's just Mm -hmm. you know yeah it's just living with as much graciousness as you can for yourself and others, really. And, um, you know, when you were talking about thinking about your own livelihood first, my thought was there is something innately human in that. Like we have to worry about our own survival and we have for oh yeah ever. Um, but maybe that's part of our evolution and maybe we're being invited towards that this year is how can I think not only about my own survival, Um, my own livelihood, but also about the survival of those around me, the other people in my community world, everything. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, what's really funny in in Buddhism, there's like so many different types of hells, right? Mm -hmm. And they're all layered. And one of them, like, I don't think of it as like a you know, like a hell that you like necessarily go to where there are all these monsters and stuff like that. Although that's Mm -hmm. kind of how they're described. It's like (laughs) 
one of the hells is like the animal hell, right? And you can be reborn into any of these, right? Mm-hmm. And in this animal hell, like you basically are just an animal. You're just like very reactive. You're mm. just kind of reacting to like everything that's happening around you. So mm-hmm. I don't look at it as you turning into an animal. I think of it's just like different levels of consciousness. Like how yes. aware are you and awake to like see what's going around you. And even like the higher levels of like that hell, right? Where things are quote unquote, mm-hmm. like better. <laughs> like mm-hmm. it's like even the one up top, the hell there, right? Is like, yeah. everything's super amazing, but things are so good that you, for, you're completely ignorant of like all of the suffering that happens below. And mm-hmm. that in itself is suffering. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. It's so interesting how we see those mirrored in humanity and how, you know, in living, breathing humans and maybe perhaps especially mirrored during this pandemic. Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So uh, I also wanted to ask you, you know, what are kinds of unexpected sources of comfort or joy have you been able to find during all of this? I've been finding a lot of very simple comforts. I've been going back to a lot of the things that I had had been wanting to do more of, right? So Mm -hmm. I do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of yoga, but I found that I had been putting it off a lot before the pandemic um, and really shortening it Mm -hmm. just so I could work. So that was really nice that I've been able to like give back to myself so I can really, really hone in on like, you know, Mm-hmm. being able to share yeah. and being able to like come from a place of authenticity, I think, mm-hmm. you know, and really put back because that's effectively what this is all for, for me, you know, to be able to really be able to self-examine and be able to heal yes. on all levels. Mm-hmm. So that has been a really big source of comfort um, mm-hmm. because everything has been so quiet now since I don't physically interact with so many or anybody really (laughs) for like months (laughs) um because of that it's like offered me a lot of like opportunities to be able to really be able to self-examine through like yoga meditation and then really know on a deep level like when I need to back off Mm -hmm. you know I think for a lot of people who are attracted to New York, it's very like type A fiery personalities that are really like go getters, like we can Mm -hmm. accomplish so many things, you know, so it's been a good way to like, really dig into that soft side, that really sweet side that's like, okay, you know what, like, it's okay, like you can rest. Mm, I love that. And like really rest, you know, like where you're not allowing your mind to like race everywhere, you just really like dig into like being within your body. Right. Being very present. Yes, because the grind, you know, even if we're aware of the so-called grind and try to manage its effects when you're participating in the world and, you know, doing your thing and living out your purpose, it's hard not to, I mean, it's impossible not to get caught up in that and to feel its effects <laughs> on your spirit, your um, health mental wellness, everything. So um, I think you're right. I think that rest is has sort of been highlighted in a nice way and the power of it. And I, I hope that that stays with us after this is over, you know? 
Oh, definitely. I think it's one of like the great gifts of something that like is of this particular situation, right? Like understanding that like you can be of better service to others if you are of better service to yourself. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like there's an equal, like, it's so interesting, like philosophically, all of these like yoga and buddhism like talk about like being able to really like cultivate within yourself like that sort of compassion and Mm -hmm. that softness you know and that's ultimately going to affect how you interact within the world and how you see it Mm -hmm. yes it really will i was also going to ask you you know we've already touched a bit on this outcry for racial justice that we're seeing in the U.S. right now. And um, we haven't seen anything like this at this level in our lifetimes. And it's been, you know, both invigorating and eye-opening and alarming as we look at, you know, the things that we haven't dealt with for so long. And I'm just curious, the fact that this happened, um, that we're finally paying attention in the middle of a pandemic, like, I'm not sure that that's a coincidence. What do you think? Have you, do you think the pandemic played a role in, in this outcry? Definitely. You know, everything has like a context Mm -hmm. because, you know, do you know, like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez? Yes. Yes. See, (laughs) I love her. She (laughs) put out like a video um, on Instagram and she was like, you know, all of these things that are happening with like healthcare and racial inequality, like all of these issues, she's like, it's not like they just appeared. Like these were all things that were happening for long periods of time. Like yes. they were part of like the system, which was broken. So it was, you know, I agree with that. And I think like, you know, because the pandemic put a lot of people into unemployment and on top of that, like we're, if you do have a job, you're working from home more than Mm -hmm. likely. So I think one of the gifts of like having to stay at home and is that you're really like faced with your thoughts all Mm -hmm. day. Mm -hmm. Like you have to confront them and it's quieter because you're not able to be distracted by, you know, whatever hobby you're planning on doing or hanging out with friends. It's like you literally have to, you're faced with it, everything, all of your demons, everything with the system. Like Mm -hmm. it gives you more time to be very thoughtful and dig into those things, Mm -hmm. which I think has been very useful and helpful in being able for a lot of people to wake up and see a lot of what's happening. And because we live in such a connected time through social media, the internet, like everything, we are able to communicate like, and highlight the things that have been going on and really educate ourselves and each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I think that's been really helpful for, you know, Black Lives Matters movement and mm-hmm. just really any sort of information. Yeah, I think so happening. too. And it's almost like people <laughs> were kind of stuck at home and overwhelmed by the pandemic. And then because they couldn't distract themselves this time from the violence against black Americans by the grind, you know, like yeah, by that busyness, by that need for productivity and your own personal livelihood and all those things, because a lot of that was quieter, they could no longer turn their heads from this issue. And, um, oh, yeah. 
yeah, I think, I think you're right. And okay. Just a fun question. What do you miss most? Like if you could just go out of your house right now and not even worry about a mask or not getting too close to people or like what just pops into your mind as the one thing you want to do? Oh, or you can give us two. Oh my God. There's so many. I would just give (laughs) (laughs) like, I would give all of my like friends and loved ones, like a big hug. Oh my God. (laughs) Yes. That is like the best and most simple answer, but it really says it all. Uh, Physical contact is so like, I think it's like ingrained in our heads, Mm -hmm. which I think is part of the reason why it's like so hard, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just one of the ways that we express love. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've wondered how the generations that are alive right now will sort of suffer in that regard after this. Like if we'll carry this sort of experience of not being able to touch for one or two years um, with us in some way, like, you know, it would be really interesting to figure out like, does hugging actually reduce after this? Does closeness, does physical intimacy in some way decline, you know? Yeah. Oh, that would be really interesting to see. It's like how people like there's those studies where they're like, oh, yeah, if you have like an animal, you know, it helps like reduce stress levels. Yes. Like in like sick populations or old populations or whatnot. So it probably does have a huge effect on <laughs> on our yeah. psyche. You know? know, it's funny when I moved from Hawaii to New York and mm-hmm. also when I moved from Hawaii to Colorado, like because in Hawaii we're moved the way that we meet each other, you know, even if you don't know the other person is we give a hug mm-hmm. and we, we will do one of those like fake kisses, those like air kisses mm-hmm. where you touch cheeks. So it. we're very like physical people, you know, even if we don't know you that already happens. So it's always been really funny when I've moved back to the mainland where it's like, yeah. people don't do that. You like handshake. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that, um, that makes sense. And I hadn't put this together about you, but because, and I've never been to Hawaii. Um, but this like makes sense because for those who don't know, Christy and I did some yoga training together in New York and, um, have taken a lot of classes together and all those things. And, um, Christy always like, you just, if you're like, Oh, my shoulder's really bothering me. You're like, come here. Like, let me put my hands on that. Like, I'm going to sort it out. Or someone's hand will be hurting. Someone hurts their shoulder in class. And she's like, okay, come here. Like, I'm going to, I'm going to feel that out. I can fix this. So it makes sense that you're just very comfortable with touch in that way. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So how do you think? And you may not know yet, and I don't think any of us really do, but do you think you'll be a different person on the other side of this year? Like, do you think that these experiences have changed you? Oh, yeah. Mm. Yeah. I think it's already been changing everybody, mm-hmm. right? Like, yeah. you're never going to be the same person. I'm not the same person that I am at the beginning of this interview. Like, it's always mm. constantly like <laughs> yeah. changing, you know, like I'm constantly mm-hmm. like just this sponge of like taking in information and, you know, I think on a bigger scale, like after whatever after this pandemic looks like or is like, I think I'd like to think that I'd be a little bit softer and a little mm-hmm. bit more thoughtful and just awake to, you know, a bigger mm-hmm. perspective and global community, you know, mm-hmm. one in which I 
might have a better idea of how I, what role I play in it and how I want to interact and what actions I can take to be able to reflect that. Yeah. I think that's amazing. And yeah, I can already hear it happening and you're right. There's no normal. We're always changing. Change is the only constant. So we might as well lean into that. Oh, definitely. I mean, or, or you could run from it. Like, <laughs> that's also an option. <laughs> yeah, good luck. <laughs> that's like the big thing, right? Like the fear of death, yeah. right? Is the thing that keeps like all living things alive. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like in our brains, like, I feel like we just haven't evolved past it where we're seeing between like different groups, like, right. Like yeah. we separate ourselves against like age, sex, race, mm-hmm. how much money you have, whatever it is. And even when we fit the criteria, we'll still like find a way to try to separate. And that's just one of the survival technique tech tactics yeah. that our like brain just wants to do, you know? Yeah, totally. And it's like, no matter how much we sort of speak about the need to like integrate with other groups, all those different ones you named. And as much as we know that we need to, um, the experience of difference is so deeply programmed and like we carry it in our DNA and our nervous systems from generations before us upon generations before us. And so even when we know that we're not separate, we still feel and act as if we are sometimes. Oh, yeah. And that's like the big problem, right? Like when we start actually believing it and then embodying it and acting on it. <laughs> like, yeah, it really is. But what would happen if we were all able to like raise that level of consciousness and be able to kind of see through the very superficial things that separate us? Yeah, I know. It feels like we would live with so much more peace and. It feels like that's a direction that a lot, and I don't know, I mean, I might even wager a majority of people want to go in, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. at least in their best moments. And I think it's just finding enough support and liberation from the things that hold us back, that scare us um, to be able to move forward and be able to embrace like that togetherness. Agree. Agreed. Um, This has been such a pleasure. Thank you for giving us your time and for sharing your wisdom. And um, it means a lot. So thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. It was a lot of fun. You're so welcome. Very tough questions. (laughs) (laughs) We'll get through it together. (laughs) So many feelings coming up. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we're good at that. Thank you so much for listening today. If you liked what you heard, please subscribe to We're All Friends Here. You'll get an email once a week on Saturday mornings with an essay or a conversation about the struggle and the beauty of being alive. Take care out there and I'll see you next time. That Mercury retrograde. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) 